Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, Dave Watson. Afternoon, evening, good night. How are you doing? Uh, good. Yeah. Good evening. That's the one I'll go with. Yeah. Yeah. It's another Natter night after dark. Natter nights. Ooh, yeah. Well, I want, yeah, we're two minutes pre-watershed right now as we begin. <sighs> Just it takes me two minutes to undress, so that's going to work out pretty well. Yeah, I would. If I was you, I would skip forward two minutes into this podcast. <laughs> so and things will get pretty saucy. We're not allowed to say cunt yet, no, Dave. So. Right. Just, just sort of Easy on the cunts. Speaking of which, they've gone down, have you seen? <laughs> yes, yes, Sunderland have gone down. Have we? It, it doesn't... Well, we won't go straight into talking about Sunderland going down. All I will say is, apparently we're flying a banner at theirs. Oh, and really? Well, I think we're going to. Someone's hiring a plane. God, a lot of Newcastle, a lot of Newcastle fans are against it. Yeah, but someone's hired a plane. Apparently, it's going to say the Newcastle Natter is back for the season. By Ladbrokes, if uh, you want to, they've got lots of offers. So, if you want to find out what offers they've got, then go to bet.newcastlepodcast.com. That's a long banner. It's a long banner. Yeah. Uh, I should give a half credit for that joke to one of our followers. Is it Bedford Mag? I don't think it was Bedford Mag. Someone on Twitter made that joke. And I apologise to them right now because I can't find who it was. You'll get a a credit at the end of the show. (laughs) Because it was terrific. So, (laughs) I'll tell you what wasn't terrific. And that was last night's game of football. Newcastle United versus Everton at Goodson Park. Dave, did you see the game? No, I had to follow it on uh, Twitter, I'm afraid. I didn't get a chance to watch it last night. That's right, because because you're moving house, aren't you? Yeah. 
Did you boys see the oh, game? Paul, Paul's just pointed out that it was it was Bedford Man that made that joke. So all credit to Bedford Mac. Okay. The royalty checks will be rolling in very soon. <laughs> yes, I did see the game. And I mean I don't regret watching it, but um me and my partner, whilst the game was on, had quite a serious conversation about where we were going to live in the future. And that conversation was really scary and quite stressful, but it was a welcome relief from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the actual game. Um, I mean, yeah, was it a case of... What is the phrase? On the beach. On the beach. Or in the piazza, if you're on a city break, instead of a beach holiday. Yeah. They were all at the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> they were in the galleries. Yeah. It was, but I think it felt really weird as well as a Newcastle fan to have that, because we don't normally get to have meaningless games. We'd, we've never had the luxury in about the last four or five seasons. Hmm of having a game this late in the season where there's nothing to play for. I think we were going for it. I remember the commentators for most of the first half kept on talking. I think when I'm watching the team I support, Newcastle United FC, my uh, bias is very evident in how I interpret the game because the commentators Mm. kept on talking about like all this pressure that Everton had on and how Everton were by far the better side and Theo Walcott was doing well and this I don't remember seeing Everton do anything I just remember <laughs> our chances that's how I saw the game it was pretty even I think the first half there were problem with our chances they weren't sort of proper chances they were like there was the Perez misplaced pass to Kennedy that was the big moment which was it was essentially like missing a modern one that was that was the big moment for me that was an example. Perez has had a really good few games, but that was mm. an example of the reason why he's he's not a, a, a top player or anywhere near. Yeah. He can have little patches of form, but in that moment, just seeing at half-time Thierry Henry almost disgusted with what <laughs> yeah. Perez had done because to, to him it was so simple yeah it was such a uh, a good opportunity basically Dave you didn't see the game perhaps you saw this uh, this moment but Perez mm. uh, the, the goalkeeper was uh, Pickford was out of the goal basically yeah he was closed down by Kennedy when he was trying to clear it I think uh, it was Kennedy and it bounced to Perez bounced to Perez Slomani was, if Perez could get it to Slomani with a half-decent chance quickly, then Slomani pretty much had an open goal, or at least a a one-on-one. And uh, Perez took a touch, took too long, and then put in a really bad pass. Yeah, it's quite Mm. funny seeing Henri doing the analysis, because he kind of highlighted Perez and Slomani on the big screen. And you could tell he felt... I shouldn't be doing this because it's just a simple pass that's 10 yards. You don't need to <laughs> analyse it. It's such a fundamental of football to be able to pass it over that distance. But Thierry Henry was a bit like, supposedly like uh, some top 
footballers when they try and become managers are like they just don't get it they're just like just pass it first time just do that yeah why can't you do that (laughs) why haven't you bent it in from 35 yards it's that simple just i don't know it was i feel feel bad for um because from obviously i was just following it on twitter and and everybody how do we look on twitter dave (laughs) um people on twitter were saying that like the the passing was astray for all players all game. Like nobody was particularly um, like crisp, and it seemed there was a lot of effort, but just not a lot of quality. Um, no, it was a very low quality game. I'd say the only sides. the only one from our side who seemed to rise above it was Kennedy, who True. looked like he put some crosses in where his back was to the box, and he seemed to just spin round. And knock mm. in the perfect cross. It's a shame because I thought Slimani starting would have quite an effect, but he looked pretty poor. I think he had moments, but he would seem to be, I don't know whether it's his fault, but he seemed to be very deep. Yeah. Sometimes Slimani was knocking like shelvy balls from mm. our own half. And it's like, no, you're meant to be on the end of that. I'll tell you who wasn't mm. knocking shelvy balls. Shelvy? John Joe Shelvy, yeah. Yeah. That was one Apparently, of his worst games in a long time. I don't know if it was anything to do with the fact that Gareth Southgate was in attendance. Yeah. I don't know whether he was looking at Shelby or Pickford. I think Lascelles well, possibly suffered from that as well. Cause he was trying to play a few sort of Hollywood passes rather than doing what he's best at, which is just fundamental defending. Right. Yeah. It was a really, really boring game yeah. of football. I guess that's what you expect from a Sam Allardyce side, and we were always going to go there and uh, try and be difficult. But we yeah. got quite a few opportunities in the in the final third. But we made good half chances, but Pickford didn't really have much to do. No, no one had a great game. I mean, Kennedy I don't think we had a right. shot on target, to be honest. Yeah, right. Which which is poor. Or did we have one on Twitter? <laughs> I'm, look, I'm going off stats and Twitter because that's all I've got. No, mate, it's fine. It's but fine. Even Many a Newcastle Natter are battled through having not seen the game. I think a Dave Watson on fact on stats and Twitter still probably knows more than us having watched the game. <laughs> I tell a lie. We had two shots on target, so it says whoscored.com. Um, uh, there you go. I still can't even remember the name of our keeper. I keep on wanting to say Dubrovka. Dubravka. It's, it's Dubravka, isn't it? I just... Yeah. My, no, I think what's happening is I'm, I just always think of Dubrovnik. Yeah. Um, <laughs> isn't, there a, isn't there a vodka called... Oh, no, it's Zubravka, isn't it? Zubravka, Z- yeah. Buy some yeah. vodka. It comes with a piece of grass in it. It's tasty. You have it with apple juice. I recommend it to all. It's a sign of how good the game was that we've <laughs> segued into a vodka review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'd said before the game that um, if we had beaten Everton, I fancied us to finish above them um, at the at the end of the season. But I think now, I think we're safely ensconced in tenth. Um, and I think if, if if that does transpire, if we do end up in tenth, you've got to say that that's just a tremendous um, effort from all the. All the players, and obviously a lot of credit has to go to Rafa Benitez. No doubt about it. Mm. 
No doubt about it. Yeah, I think looking at around Christmas time, we never thought we'd be able to lose that Everton game and it would be meaningless. And we'd be fine with it. Pretty amazing. Sam Allardyce going through a horrible time at Everton from the fans, interestingly. And the fact that we are... I mean, to be fair, he hasn't had the whole season there. But the fact that we are so close in the table to Everton and in terms of the quality of our size, that game could have gone either way. And the amount that they spent. Yeah. They spent so much in the summer and then in January they got like Walcott and... Tosin. And Tosin. Like we haven't bought a player like either of those of that quality or price for like five years or longer. Yeah, we won't have a player on more than half of Walcott's wages, surely. And those were just a couple of January transfer mm. sign-ins. This is the thing with Allardyce. Regardless of who he manages, he'll get them to the level of a team that can grind out one nils. That is true, because Allardyce has always given off the idea that if he, uh, if only he was had at a top six side, then he would be able to do this and that. Yeah. Mm. But in terms of wages, maybe they're not a top six size. But in, they're not far off. They've the spent amount they spent. I know he didn't get to pick that side. His managerial thing is basically the equivalent of saying, "Give me any car, and I can get it to do seventy. It's sort of. Yeah. It's not really enough. No. Uh, you look at when, when he took over um, at Newcastle United, he spent $35 million, which is a lot of money. You know, it was a lot of money back then. And he bought people like um, Abdullah Fai and uh, David Rosenhal. Jeremy was our, Jeremy, um, was our yes. captain. <laughs> Viduka. And he bought, like... He, he turned. He got rid of players like Scott Parker, Kieran Dyer, Nobby Solano. Who maybe maybe the the stars were on the wane, but did he get rid of Scott were, Parker? Yeah, he did. I suppose yeah, he, he was he a had, serious um, player, wasn't he? he? You know, they could all pass the ball, and they were all good in the centre of the park, and they all had decent technique and um, all that kind of stuff. And he he got rid of them all, and he he spent a lot of money at the time. To, to turn us into a, a plodding clogger side. and To be fair to him, oh. he did get rid of Titus Bramble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Allardyce's whole philosophy, though, is about stopping the opposition. Like, there was the story about when he was Newcastle manager and he'd been about half an hour into his team talk before the game, or like in the, the day before the game, going through the videos of the other team and how what to do when they have it. And I, I don't know who the player was, just said, yeah, but what do we do when we get the ball? Like yeah. that doesn't occur to him. No matter the quality of the players he's got, it's all about how do we nullify the opposition, not how do we play football better than them. To be fair yeah. to him, I mean, it seems like everyone's having a go at Sam Allardyce these days. It's all, yeah, it's fun. It's all it is fun. He is a not only does he play boring football like Tony Pulis, but Tony Pulis is quite likable. Whereas Sam yeah. Allardyce has always just been an annoying twat. But he did do yeah. pretty amazing with Bolton. But that was, you know, when he was doing was, amazing with Bolton, um, Shed 7 was still in the charts. Don't knock Shed 7. 
Don't go you down that road. I'm not knocking Shed 7, I'm just trying to give it a yeah, time we've probably got I was trying to think of a band, and I just landed on Shed 7. <laughs> we've probably got listeners who weren't alive during Allardyce's Bolton thing. And it's still like people always bring up the example when you say Allardyce can't play attractive football. They go, yeah, but he had JJ Okocha at Bolton, look what he did there. You know, that's 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, and it's not like JJ Okocha arrived like David Batty yeah. and he turned him into <laughs> no, exactly. a flair player. He probably yeah, and, he... and you also, you look at that season, that season, you know, just to touch on where you said, like, it's not about how we play, it's about how the how we stop the opposition playing. We gave the worst Premier League team of all time, Derby County, when they, they finished the season on nine points, we we gave them four of those nine points and gave them their <laughs> only Premier League win of the season because Sam Allardyce turned up with a midfield three of like Nicky Butt, Alan Smith and Jeremy. I mean, why, why are we playing that, those cloggers? That's against- a classy midfield. It's like wearing three silk ties at the same time. That's just... It's in, it's That's a insane. coach trip. And I totally understand why the Evans That's three coach drivers in midfield. <laughs> yeah. I do remember Sam Allardyce when uh, oh, I think it ended 2-2, but Charles and Zogbeer scored a really good goal against Middlesbrough and Sam Allardyce rubbed his hands together in his celebration. That was a good moment. Did a load of, like, pork scratchings fall off? Some of those used to wear, when he managed us, he used to wear a red and white scarf. Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. It was an amazing choice. Uh, I mean, it wasn't I, a red and white proper... I think it was a red and white striped s- scarf. I mean, it was stylish, but, <laughs> you know, make better choices. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not going to be... I can't imagine he's going to be Everton manager next season. But if he is, brilliant for us. Because he has a habit of getting points off us, though. Yeah, to be to be fair, he has, for all of this uh, this uh, battering of Sam Allardyce, he has just taken three points off us. But we've ended up talking about Sam Allardyce because there was so little to talk about yeah. in the game. And on that note, I think we'll go for a break now. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Paul pointed out in the break that there were other talking points uh, from the game, so apologies to anyone who thought that we were fully done with Everton. There is more to talk about. Um, You think Kennedy could have been sent off? Well, I think when we were talking about Dwight Gale on... Who was it the other week that pushed him in the face? Uh, the um, defender. Yeah. yeah, there was an incident. Harry Maguire. Dwight. Harry Maguire. Yes, that's right. Yeah. By that same logic, it's a red card. It's a push in the face. Yeah, but he didn't really. His arm was up, but he didn't really push. But yeah, there was a bit of. Um... He did like touch his face and push him. Okay, it was exactly the same as the Harry Maguire okay, one. Fair enough. And then Kennedy got in a bit of trouble later and got a yellow card. Yeah, he? he looked quite angry. Michael Keane should have been sent off, I think. There was a very cynical foul. Yeah. I can't remember of Just whom. outside the box. Yeah. The, Gale. Yes. And it felt like 
it was so close to being a professional foul. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, you sort of, not that it should come into the thinking, but you think Dwight Gale one-on-one at the minute isn't any guarantee of a goal. That is so true. It's like, if that was Mo Salah, then you would it would be you would feel really hard done by not yeah. to get a red card from that but then yeah. uh michael king got a yellow card for that and he certainly should have got a yellow card another one towards the end of the game i don't yeah. think it would have made a difference because there was only really injury time left yeah and there was a penalty shout as well wasn't there? yeah for but a handball hit jack yelka yeah i think that was a penalty mm-hmm. i think the referee was pointing out his arms were by his side, he didn't yeah, move but he moved. It. He sort of twisted sort his body towards did, it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's part. I realise I'm trying that? to point out how he did it visually, which doesn't really work on a podcast. <laughs> which, <laughs> Everyone which, gets the idea. Yeah. Have you seen that little video clip of um, the referee Bobby Madley um, apologising yes. and saying, <laughs> "I didn't see it. Sorry, I didn't see it. Sorry." And then because he's obviously getting abuse from the, the, the Newcastle players. He just gets angrier and angrier. It's oh, it's funny. He ends, up like, very good. he ends up shouting, I said I'm sorry, because they've got subtitles yeah. under it and you can see. He really looks like a man going through divorce. <laughs> yeah, he looks <laughs> that, like... That referee. He does look a bit like a pig. Like him and Sam Allardyce look like two very different pigs on the either end of the pig scale. Allardyce looks more like a sort of boar. And Bobby Madley looks more like a piglet, but okay. I'm just Wait. saying, look, he, That's fine, he gave yeah. a lot of decisions in their favour, and you have to wonder if there is a a pig agenda. Well, you should cast them both in your upcoming <laughs> football workers only production of Animal Farm. So, are we ready to go to Twitter? Yeah, I think so. The question is, am I ready to go to Twitter? Yes, I am. Um... We will start with Tony Armstrong. He's very worried, Tony Armstrong. He's sort of letting a lot out. There's a lot of anxiety in these tweets because now that the season is over, everyone is just moving toward the big questions about Rafa, which I don't think we can answer, but I think there are a lot of anxieties amongst Newcastle fans about where we're going to go. Tony Armstrong says, Worried that we'll lose our best team. Kennedy going elsewhere. Better NUFC guys being sold and replaced with not as good. Ashley doesn't hand over enough dosh and Rafa on his way. Doomsday scenario. Really worried. Really, really worried. And then he goes into a second tweet. Rafa is key. There may be better managers. Who? He asks. But they won't come to us and they won't get the city or the fans like Rafa does. I've supported NUFC all my life. First game, 1969 Fairs Cup against Upjest. Uchpest. Upsy daisy. Uchpest dosa. That sounds like a Indian side dish. Um, but I've never been happier supporting an NUFT, NUFC team, even Keegan Robson eras. I mean, that's quite a statement. Yeah. Yeah. I've I am happier than I am now. But fair, you know, fair enough to him. He's Yeah. yeah. I can and see why. We've got a very likable group of players. I think that's something we've not had for a long time. But Tony's very worried, and I don't know what offer, what solace we can offer, but, you know, we were... Who would have thought that... I don't imagine Tony was saying that two months ago. So things can go anywhere. Yeah. 
But I think it's, it's that thing if you only deal with the next crisis that's coming. Of course. But the, the big looming one is Benitez. Because you look at... For Benitez to stay, I think he needs to have a guarantee of a fairly decent transfer spend. But that means nothing. Because... Mike Ashley is always knocking out guarantees well, this to is managers the this that is... we're, I'm going to give you the, this money. This is like exactly the same problem that is currently going on with the Trump administration <laughs> and the Iran deal. If you say we're pulling out of the Iran deal, then how are you going to get a deal with North Korea? Because they're going to say, well, you said you'd, you'd stick to your deal with Iran. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Well, that, this is the problem. I don't think Benitez is going to accept just being told it's going to be different this time. I think he's going to have to have something contractual. I think he's going to have to have... He needs to be putting in his transfer targets now. Yeah. And then uh, on the the day after the end of the season, Mike Ashley needs to bring those players into a room. Well, yeah, this especially this close season, because it's much shorter window and there's the World Cup so really you want to be getting your business done before the World Cup starts you almost need we need to be now what Mike Ashley needs to do is transfer the money into Rafa's account have some kind of agreement Rafa can only spend that money on players (laughs) but the money it's like he's not going to how how could you possibly trust him because he's so often said before we will do it. Well, we've been so badly mismanaged before, mainly through Ashley not wanting to buy before we sell. You look at the goalkeeper problem we had until the end of the tra- the January transfer window, purely because Rafa didn't want to uh, Ashley didn't want to buy another goalkeeper before we'd got rid of Darlow or even Elliot, and Rafa quite rightly didn't want to lose another one until we had another one in. You just think let. Let Rafa deal with that. He knows what he's doing. It's not like running a sports shop. And with most of our player sales, you're not talking about... We're not going to be lumbered with a guy on 150000 a week no. that we no. can't get rid of. But, you know, yeah. So, on, on a keeping with the Rafa theme, Bedford Mag says, we have to keep Rafa. I noticed a story yesterday that I, Ashley has put his price up for Newcastle only saw it once, so we shall see. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sausage Fingers, new nickname, tried to bleed us for as much as he can. I did hear that the Mackhams are planning a banner for Friday, and that's where that joke come, came from. Yeah, and yeah, I think the um, the um, Ashley, well, the, the reports that Ashley's raised is asking price. It's interesting because obviously now that we are safe, you know, I mean, technically it's not mathematically safe yet, but. We are safe. We're a Premier League outfit for the 2018-2019 season. So any, you know how over the January window there was uncertainty and there was like talk of like, well, I want a relegation release, like a relegation um, clause in there just in case and all, all, all those things that we heard. Well, our, our immediate future is decided. We are going to be a Premier League outfit. We currently still have Rafa Benitez. We have these players... Uh, some of them have got. Um, some of them are only on loan, but we've got, you know, buyout clauses for at least Dubravka. We know about that. Um, and the other two, there might be, but I, I, I haven't heard anything. I don't think there is for Kennedy. 
There is one. There sure. one. No, isn't. There isn't one for Kennedy, but at least we know where we are. So any like any um, uncertainty on that front, well, it's it's dealt with. So you know, Amanda Stavely, if she wants to come back in with the PCP partners, if there's another buyer out there, this is this is the time to 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 you know sell the club because we could get the business done now. We could buy the players before the World Cup, and then we could be you know in a good position by the time the next season starts. So well, that's the right thing to do, but that, that yeah, means that won't right happen. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. I don't expect it yeah. to happen, and I fully expect Mike Ashley to be the owner for Newcastle United for the foreseeable. Yeah, I think his valuation is just too high. If it wasn't, people would have met it, or at least come closer. It's ironic to see Mike Ashley charging too much for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, we just need a big 70% off sticker on the side of the stadium. Maybe that tempt people in. Yeah, he's a lot more um he's a lot more giving when it's coming when it comes to pricing shuttlecocks. Well, I think as well a lot of it could well be that he just doesn't want to sell cuz he's getting free global sports direct advertising and that company means a lot more to him than Newcastle ever has or will. So we're going to have to rattle through a bit. Uh, James at Pensworld says, if you were offered Jorgensen or Slimani for 20 million, which would you pick and why? Very quickly. Uh, despite how poorly he played on Monday, probably Slimani just because he's, he's got that bit more pedigree. But then if Rafa wants Jorgensen, you'd have to think there's a reason. Yep, I don't know much about Jorgensen, if I'm no. honest. Dave? Uh, I'd... Probably at this stage, I would, if I had to have one of them, I'd probably pick Slomani, just like yourselves, because I know a little bit more about him. Um, he's He has um, played in the Premier League, and Jorgensen hasn't, and he's as likely to be in Afonso Alves as he is a, you sure. know, a Suarez. So, so, Slomani yeah, seems like so. he might be a bit injury-prone, but maybe we were just unlucky when we learned him. Hmm. Uh, Tones at Tony No Toppings says, now that we're all but mathematically safe, would you play some of the squad players, e.g. Mbemba, with a view to seeing if they're good enough or to put them in the shop window? I'd like to see Marino get a few more games. Yeah, he came it's nice on. to see him come on. He came on. Yeah, I would like to see, rather than players who are now... Rafa might be done with. Yeah, I wouldn't I would, see the point in bringing in like Jesus Gamez sure, for a but, start. But I wouldn't mind seeing players who may have a future with us. Yeah, Jacob Murphy. Like Jacob Murphy, it would be good for him to get yeah. a couple of starts really, wouldn't it? And, yeah, and then I mean, maybe he won't look in the next, so in the next few always fixes, frightened. <laughs> yes, Dave. Sorry, I was just going to say in the next few fixtures that we have, I mean... West Brom and Watford, certainly like West Brom. I'd well, although West Brom have since beaten Man U and drawn with Liverpool, so then they're not they're not going quietly into the gently into the good night. They're, what happens when you get rid of Pardew? Price, but... You get that bounce. Yeah, yeah but Post didn't we get John Carvey? John Carver when we got <laughs> yeah. rid of Pardew. We do, you don't always bounce up. No, things did not go well for us when we got rid of Pardew. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, play play Murphy, play Mbemba, play Marino. Um, obviously, play Slamani as often as possible. Um, but yeah, just just give the others a, a run out because 
I think we're, I mean, we're, what, three points clear of uh, of whomever's in 11th. I can't remember off the top of my head. Bournemouth, we're, I think. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have time to look it up. Look it up yourselves, guys. Uh, that's the kind of service we offer you here. I think as well, it would be nice to see <laughs> it, stuff like Marino played at number 10 because that that's the one position where we've got Perez and not really anyone else. Sure, maybe, but I can't see him being a long-term solution. But you never know; he might, he might surprise us. At Chris eighty four, Lukey says, "Is there really any irreplaceable player in our squad other than the cells?" I mean, it's a good point. We are really sort of like a squad, aren't we? Diarme is looking pretty un- irreplaceable at the moment. I mean, with the what with the squad that we've got, then yeah, Diarme is. The only person, the only player who's performing that role very, very well. Um, you could probably put Marino in for Shelby, but certainly on last game's form, you, you, you'd happily swap him over. I don't think there is other than, yeah, which is weird. But yeah, probably the cell, the armor. Shelby, I think, is probably irreplaceable. Looking at the last five or six games. Yeah. yeah. I think he's got for that. us to do well, we need Shelby doing well. He's got the most quality in our squad, mm. I would say. He's Kennedy our... as well is now looking fairly irreplaceable. I keep on comparing us in my head to Iceland in the Euros. I, well, I keep <laughs> on saying it on the pod as well. Shelby's our Sigurdsson. Yeah. yeah. So Lloyd Kent has a much more important question than any that's come before. He says, what do you think Iosi Perez's hair gel budget is? It's high, isn't it? <laughs> It's got to be high. <laughs> I mean, I know he's been with us for a while, but I don't think we've ever really truly addressed what a fucking abomination is going <laughs> on 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 Perez's head. It looks like he picks it up and puts it on. It's a helmet. It's a crash yeah. helmet, isn't it? He just looks like he goes into the hairdressers with a Mr. Whippy and says that. Do get, that to me. You get a lot of players arrive to the Premier League, Premier League with terrible haircuts and it gradually leaves them. But he has persisted with that yeah. for f- four years now. I mean, his hair budget is high. That is true. It must be a, a tub a game. Um, but it's like Everton very, as well. I find He's, it very hard to, do, to discuss um, footballers' hair. Well, Chris84 Lukey wants us to continue discussing it because he says maybe go... What, of course, yeah, that you were referencing there, your own lack of hair. Yeah. Dave, that's why you weren't quite understandably so. He says, maybe go one further. Worst tune player haircut ever. Ooh. He says, hard to get past Cordoni, which was yes. my first thought as well. Oh, Diego oh, Gavilan. What about looks... Andy Carroll's cornrows? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. The 13 year old girl who's been to Mallorca and <laughs> come back look. <laughs> yeah. Andy Carroll's cornrows. Deserves a big shout out. Yeah. Did he have that while he was with us? He did, didn't he? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And then he he also mentions Barry Venison. But that was sort of of its era. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wasn't the mullet more 80s, though, and he was sort of still had it slightly too long in the 90s? Sure, but it's no Daniel Cordoni. No. And it's no Andy Carroll's cornrows. 
Any others spring to mind? I mean, Shearer's Hair Island for different reasons. Yeah, and I I always felt like Tim Krull for a man on whatever he was earning a week should have had a better haircut. Yeah. It was it was not that it was like usually when you say uh, when you talk about footballers with terrible haircuts it's because they've gone for something flash and yeah. it's awful. Whereas Tim Krull's was just it was just a bad haircut. It was like he always looked like he was in a school photo. Yeah. And then we've got a question from Thomas Burkan. He says, would we have gone down without Dubravka and Kennedy? Very possibly, certainly without Kennedy. Cause he, I think we'd be in the mix now. He's contributed to... He scored a couple of goals, he's assisted a couple of goals, and he's also contributed to just a general greater attacking threat. Yeah. I think he's been a big part of those four games that we won in a row. The thing that amazes me about him is just how good he is defensively. Because I can't remember a player we've had who's that skillful, who defends that willingly. Yeah. I no. think when before we got Kennedy, we were thinking, well, if we don't get a new striker, that could be it. And actually, Kennedy's impact has just He's a runner, meant more he? for the players around him. He's a runner. He runs yeah. Uh, I still think our best signing was this new upgraded Modi army we got, which yeah. has just rebalanced the whole team. Yeah, damn good signing. I'm I sorry, do want go to on, just go on, Dave. very quickly just say that um, Dubravka's been, I think Dubravka's been pivotal in the, the improvement in our defence. Um, I think that having a, a, a confident communicator and somebody who you know controls the, the defence from the back, I think that's been been vital for um for our upturn and form as well. Yeah, he seems to do a lot of shouting. A lot of Kennedy deserves a lot of credit, but yeah, Dubravka. I think yeah, if if we hadn't had those two um coming in, yeah, we could we could definitely have been in the conversation of the of relegation at this point. Fair enough. Geordie Ash says uh, we're sort of going serious one, wacky one at the moment. Jordi Ash says, if there was a WWE-style Royal Rumble with Newcastle's toughest, maddest players of the Premier League era, who would emerge victorious? Duncan Ferguson, no doubt. Oh, I was going to say it's hard to get past Chet Teote, but but yeah, I hadn't thought of Duncan Ferguson. I was forget he was a Newcastle player. I think ask the two men on separate occasions who tried to burgle Duncan Ferguson... And yeah. ended up in intensive care, who they'd pick. Do you think Sam Allardyce has him as assistant manager now just... For protection. Just for protection, yeah. just so he can look hard, so Sam Allardyce can say what he likes because he's got Duncan Ferguson next to him. I'd love to see a bodyguard-style ending of Ferguson picking up Allardyce and carrying him out of the stadium. Yeah. But I then Ferguson was position. always injured, so he probably would get injured quite early on in the Rumble, wouldn't he? He'd still kill a few people. Yeah. David Batty deserves a good uh, a yeah because he was a, he was well hard. He, I remember him grabbing Nicky Bot by the throat in um, I think it might have been the five nil game where but uh, but took uh, took I don't know exception to a tackle from Batty so like squared off at him so Batty just had him by the throat and was 
Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't get away with it yeah. these days, but yeah, I think... I remember Batty in the Leicester game where Shearer kicks Neil Lennon in the head. <laughs> Batty <laughs> goes over to Lennon, like, basically tries to pick him up and drag him off the pitch. <laughs> yeah. There's also a Serb nutter we're forgetting about. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> oh, yeah. I would say Mitrovic, thinking about it, I would say Mitrovic, because I think Mitrovic would treat that rumble more than anyone else as a man with nothing to lose he would be <laughs> he would be the one most prepared to die he did yeah. seem to treat every newcastle home game like a royal rumble but it was more about getting the crowd up i'm going for mitrovic yeah i think you might yeah mitrovic yeah okay uh, martin lee says will newcastle fans ever stop ripping the piss out of sunderland's back to back relegations I fucking won't. <laughs> no, they probably won't. And they'll probably yeah. never stop going on about six in a row. Which is like an arbitrary... <laughs> it means nothing, Dave. It means nothing. Well, not, not like it only sent us down twice. <laughs> <laughs> We've beaten five in a row, right? And nobody remembers it because it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't... At the end, like in the scheme of things... If nobody remembered matter. it, we wouldn't be talking about it. So that's patently untrue. I didn't catch that, mate. I'm just going to have to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, they're fucked and it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm really... I don't go in for the hating Sunderland. The to do well now. They, they can keep going. What's interesting is that they might be facing off against uh, Kevin Nolan's Notts County next season if Notts County get promoted. So Sholarami Obi. And uh, and Kevin Nolan might Ooh. face them, and I and I think I might be wrong, but I think Fleetwood might be in League One next season as well. With Joey Barton, Joey Barton and Fleetwood. Wow, wow! We need to get more players managing in League One now. Well, I would say it's it's fun to enjoy for a bit, but I would like to be in the same division as, as them again at some point. And oh, ideally, oh. that would be the Premier League. And that, you know, it's. You um, like to have a rival, don't you? And Middlesbrough are not I don't fun. think Sunderland are that good a rival. I sort of think it's funny that they've gone down, but after a while, you just think, don't care about them, whatever league they're in. But then it just becomes... Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, and then finally, Mickey Walsh says, really tight game, and he, he's actually just talking about the Everton game. Uh, really tight game and result could have gone either way. Disappointing, but huge difference in outlay on players and a tiny margin between them on the night, which pretty much summarises uh, the first half of this episode. So our next game is this Saturday, I think. Mm -hmm. It's against West Brom. Mm -hmm. uh, formerly Alan Pardew's West Brom. They have got a bit of a resurgence going on. What do you reckon, Dave? I think we'll beat them because uh, it's it's a home game for us. Uh, it's a chance for chance for the fans to get behind us and behind the players rather rather than the Newcastle matter. Um, I fancy us to, to win. I think it'll be two nil. Great shout, Paul. I was going to say two nil as well. Yeah, I think their resurgence has coincided with them having nothing to play for and playing quite big teams and having a point to prove I don't think I think that runs out of fuel quite quickly I think they'll 
they won't necessarily be up for it against us. I think we've run out of fuel a bit as well, though. Yeah. And we did look terrible in front of goal last night. But, but I think we played the worst sort of team for us to play. It's like when we played Burnley earlier in the season. Sure, like Everton yeah. Was very, that was a that Monday night way. game as well, wasn't it? It was very, yeah. that was oh, we're fucking terrible on Monday TV. Yeah. I think we'll be a bit more expansive at home. The crowd, there'll be no nerves in the crowd, and that that can get you over it a bit. Yeah, when the players aren't necessarily yeah. up for it, we'll be at home. There won't be as much tension, and we will win two one. That is my prediction. It's a shame it's not Pardew in charge, though. I was looking forward to this game for quite a while. Will you? <laughs> yeah, this would be really nice because. I mean, they were so bad under him as well. I was worried that he was going to send us down. <laughs> but that, I think I mentioned it on a pod quite a yeah. while ago, but that didn't come to pass. I also mentioned that I thought that uh, there was a distinct possibility that we would lose Rafa Benitez because Klopp would get sacked at Liverpool. And as we record, when we left the pub, Liverpool were 2 0 up in the Champions League semi final. What's the current score? Uh, I was actually. <laughs> you could tell I was just looking at that. 4 0. It's 4 0. 4 0. I know you're listening to this tomorrow. It's 5 2. 5 2. What? It finished 5 2. What? It finished yeah. 5. Right. We need to better organise when we record this now because. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know what, it would be that's... much better if we'd been recording this as that shit game last night was being played. Did you know yeah. what? The... You know what? We were down to do the Natter last night and I moved it because I said <laughs> we have to be able to watch the Newcastle game. God. So we should have just recorded the Natter during the Newcastle Everton game. <sighs> described what we thought was happening. <laughs> we could have... <laughs> And we could have watched a seven-goal of... Champions League semi-final. Oh. oh well. Weirdly, I've got a mate who's a Spurs fan who seems to think Benitez could end up there within a season or two. I'm not sure why. It seems to make no sense. He seems no, to think Pochettino no will sense. be on his way out somewhere to Some a bigger point. club. Well, it's. It, I it, think it's more like Benitez seems tailor-made to the project at Spurs compared to. Other managers. Maybe. Like you see Benitez getting linked with the Arsenal job and you just think there's no way Arsenal would have Benitez. Or maybe the Arsenal board would, but he wouldn't be a right fit for them. No. He did go to Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> Who was like, he was the most hated manager by Chelsea fans and went there. So you never know. But if we lose him, we're not going to get another manager who gets linked with those sort of jobs. Which is a shame. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, that's the big tension amongst the Newcastle fan base right now, isn't it? It's all about Rafa now. Mm. We shall see. But in the meantime, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Remember to just to subscribe and uh, rate us highly, please. My name is Fergus Craig. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. 
If you're a large organization involved in managing, purchasing, or making decisions on software licenses, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it, and whether you purchase the right number of software licenses to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM, and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.